Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome, friends, to another r pro revenge video. Today we've got a crazy story of getting a landlord arrested, but first, a story from Merely Whelmed 1, Evil Act Tries to Outrun Bills. A little over 30 years back, I was just out of an abusive relationship. I was 20, he was a decade older, and he was a human leech. He lived off me and occasionally my parents for a year. When I finally told him to go away, he broke into my apartment, threw me into a wall, and tried to take my cat. He was truly vile. Shortly after I was shed of him, I took a job as a receptionist with a bill collector agency. This was when computers were first beginning to be used. I was told there were boxes of bills in the back that hadn't been entered as they'd gone into collection before the computers were installed. They weren't so old as to be uncollectible, but they weren't the priority. Knowing what a deadbeat he was, I used a lunch hour one day to take a look. Sure enough, he had more than $10,000 total in bills from a dozen different businesses. So, I entered them all into the computer with his current contact information, including the jobs he was working where he was being paid under the table. I assigned it to the agency's most aggressive collector. He even let me listen in on the first call he made to the guy. It was immensely satisfying, and even better a few months later when the ex left town to go live with his sister. I guess this goes to show that you don't really know how it might affect you if you end up being a bad person in a relationship. You don't really know for sure where that partner may end up going with all of the dirty information you left them with. If you have an ex that mistreats you, would you be looking for a way to get back at them? Or is it the kind of thing you only should do if it makes sense, like it aligns like the way it did here for OP? Is it too much to be stuck on looking for some form of revenge? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. Our next story is from Benito's Blade, two short stories of my family's revenge. My grandfather was a World War II vet and a high school chemistry teacher. He had another teacher ask to borrow $500 back in the 70s. Later, when the payment was past due and the guy seemed like he was ghosting him, my grandfather showed up at the school with a cherry picker and pulled that dude's engine out. He came to start his car, popped his hood, and was horrified to find his engine gone. My grandfather said, when you pay me back, you'll get your engine back. And he did. I had a great uncle that was a penny pincher and was the type of man to store his cash in the walls. He went to a Cadillac dealership to buy a car and walked around for nearly an hour without being waited on by a single salesman. He then walked across the street to a Buick dealership and a salesman ran up to him and greeted him. My uncle then said, I'll tell you what, I'm going to buy two Buicks cash today but you gotta run across the street and let them know how they lost out on a sale. This kinda reminds me of the scene in Pretty Woman. Moral of the story, hardworking men don't always dress nice. I always love hearing the stories of people who have way more money than it maybe looks like they have. Whether it's them walking into like a designer store where there's a lot of, let's be honest, assumptions being made directly tied to your appearance, or a car dealership and seeing whether or not the salesman actually 
show any kind of interest in you whatsoever, it's awesome to see either A, them calling them out, revealing to them that they have more than enough money somehow, or like this situation, telling them straight up they lost so much money because they assumed and turned their noses up. Our next story is by Liv Hanna, Petty by Proxy, Teen Grandmother. I was in a seven years long relationship with my partner. We lived together, I thought we loved each other. We were engaged, the wedding was mostly organized, we were doing great. He bought me flowers and we spent a lot of time together. So when his parents suggested that we move in with them to save money before the wedding to buy our own apartment, I agreed. But I had a serious conversation with my beloved. I told him that for me, a very independent person, moving into his home, his family, with completely different traditions and values than those I was used to, was a big step. I asked him to consider if he was absolutely and completely sure of us and our relationship, because if he has any doubts, I would rather stay on our own. A few months with his family can be stressful, conflicts may arise, and if something were to affect our relations, I would be left alone in his house with his family after every quarrel among us, and that would be really difficult for me. He hugged me, kissed me, lifted me on his arms, and assured me that I absolutely do not have to worry about anything. Well, there would be no revenge story if everything turned out well. A few days after moving, my dear boy started disappearing for the whole nights. He claimed to be seeing his childhood friends, drinking beer and playing video games. He didn't answer his phone. He came home in the mornings. This had never happened before. And we started arguing. One time, I left the house after such an argument and went to my beloved grandmother to calm down and complain to someone close to me. After I got back, I sat down with him calmly and said that I didn't mind him seeing his buddies, that it was never a problem in our relationship. It always happened. He went out alone or I went out alone. But we always had contact with each other. We let each other know what time we would be home. We were picking up phone calls and that we were going to get married soon. We can't start a marriage this way, that I'm only asking for honesty and contact with me. And I got the truth. He told me that he was actually seeing his adult student, and that she lives in the same neighborhood as his parents, so he couldn't be with her that easily when we lived far away, and that now that they spend more time together, he knows that he wants to marry her, and I can pack my bags and move out. I ran out of breath. He just turned and walked away. He went to work, leaving me alone at his house with this news. I realized he was manipulating me all the time, that for a long time he had no intention of continuing our relationship, but he didn't want to move in with his parents alone as an adult man. His parents probably wouldn't have agreed to that, so the whole situation was just to make it more comfortable for him to continue his affair and make sure without consequences. I packed up and ran away to my grandmother. I had no one else. I was devastated. I started going to therapy. I threw myself into my work in order to not think and not feel. It was a terrible time, but it was going to get worse. He paid off my share of costs for organizing the wedding, but he used it all. The space I chose, the band that was supposed to play for us, flowers, menu, and a date. When I found out about it, I broke down again. Friends supported me as best as they could. My grandmother was surprisingly calm, and you must know that she's an incredibly tough woman. One of the first women in my country to hold a high and very masculine position, that woman has balls larger than a hundred guys, and a sense of humor. When the wedding date came, my grandmother told me to go get some wine with my friends, 
have a mega party and not think about it at all. I cried for days then, so she forced me out of the house. She forbade me to be alone. She said she had a doctor that day and couldn't be with me all the time, so I must go. Have fun. Soon, during the party, which I finally decided to go, I started to get some messages from mutual friends. Something was happening, and it had something to do with my grandmother. So I called her and asked, what did you do? And she replied with a smile that she went to the church where my ex was getting married. What? I shouted. Well, says grandma, did you think I'd just let him go with it? I took a few deep breaths, silenced my friends, turned on the loudspeaker so everyone could hear and said, tell me. She said, well, I went to church. After all, no one from his family knows me there, and the church is a public place. I sat down, the poor little old lady in the front row, and began to pray feverishly. No one in his family had the heart to throw me out of there, and he as a groom was getting ready elsewhere. He only saw me when he stood under the altar, and then it was too late. Even if he pulled me out by force, I would lie down on the ground and start to cry. But he of course didn't. He knows me well and he knew what I was capable of. So, well, he was standing there, sweating more and more, and I was smiling at him widely. Up until the priest asked if anyone knew the reason why these two should not get married. Come on, don't tell me you stopped the wedding, I asked totally shocked. She said, no, no, I didn't want to do that to this girl. I'm always on the side of women, you know that. But it was enough that he didn't know that. So at this exact point of the ceremony, I moved slightly, as if I wanted to get up. And he almost pooped himself. I thought he was going to pass out. He stuttered till the end of the ceremony and sweat was pouring down his forehead like crazy because he didn't know what else I can come up with. He had barely stammered that he wanted to marry her. And after the ceremony, I stuck my tongue out at him, smiled, and left without any of the guests noticing anything. At this point, me and my friends were rolling on the floor laughing. As soon as I could catch my breath, I asked, but why did you do all this? And she said, because you will never have good memories of that day. So I wanted to leave him with the bitter taste and knowledge that if you act like a jerk, you might have a suit full of crap out of your own guilt and fear. I call it justice. Oh, how I love my grandma. Would you guys agree with me that it's for the best everything happened this way? That at least they were like brutally honest in that moment when you called them out on it? Rather than this have gone on any longer than that, although it's like heartbreaking and, you know, you end up feeling manipulated and led along and, I mean, outright used, at least it didn't get to the point where you were standing at the altar with this dude that was totally fake. By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Our next story is from Send Me Chocolates, Petty Candy Revenge. My work is a vocational rehabilitation counselor. Essentially, it's helping people with disabilities find funds or accommodations for work, school, training, transport, etc. While introverted, I generally like working with people, and when I've had enough and need to recharge my social battery, I can shut the door and the office is pretty quiet, despite the walls being paper thin. Here comes, we'll call her Barb, who is loud, a yell talker. She's also smothering, kind of condescending, talks loudly to herself constantly and just generally rubs me the wrong way. Whatever, she's harmless, right? I keep a glass dish full of candy on my desk that's for any clients, co-workers, custodial staff, whoever. I'm not reimbursed for this, I just like being nice. Plus it allows me to be friendly without having to be very social. 
It makes my crappy day better when I see a coworker stop by for a piece of chocolate or a lifesaver and cheer themselves up. Most people take a few, I don't care, but Barb completely and absolutely abused it. She regularly picks out all of the red lifesavers for herself, as well as all of the Dove milk chocolates, and I mean all. She would take upwards of 10 pieces a day every time she's here, only two to three times a week, thankfully, of each. Now, it's too far because it screws everyone else over, including my clients. I started leaving some on her desk specifically for her to try to alleviate the problem. It kind of did for a little bit, until a couple of weeks ago, when I had to go home sick with a migraine around noon. I came back the next day and found my candy dish absolutely ravaged, and every single red lifesaver in Dove Square had been taken, leaving behind mostly other flavors and some Hershey kisses. That witch! I did the math and realized she had eaten about $9 worth of my candy in a matter of three weeks and never offered to repay or refill it. She also sucks on them very loudly and smacks her mouth almost violently. So I decided on the day she's in, suddenly the dish is only filled with everything but the red lifesavers and dove. She's been rifling through the dish since, disappointed. I put them back out when she's gone. I think my coworkers have already noticed since now they seem to stop by more on those days too. Super petty, but I don't care. Selfish jerks don't get enabled to screw over everybody else, not if I can help it. This is one of those really awkward situations where it seems like they're not really giving up, and you won't call them out on it, they won't want to call you out on it, but like it seems like it's pretty clear what's going on. I don't know, like although there is a revenge here, there's like a really awkward air that I think is continuing to be ongoing in the situation that just kind of sucks. Our next story is from Legend of 1983, Taking Advantage, I'll Screw You Over. A couple of years ago, a former friend had the habit of using sob stories to gain free items from various Facebook selling groups and immediately selling them on eBay. She used to come around to my house to use my computer to sell said items. I called her out on this as I felt it was dishonest only to be verbally abused as she stormed out of my house. By luck, she never signed out of her eBay account. So I immediately changed all the items she listed to buy it now for 10p per item. They sold immediately and she never did it again. Honestly, if she had some kind of decent racket going where she could flip all of these items for profit, I'm surprised they didn't catch on to what was going on at all. Honestly, to get to the point where you're selling on eBay like that, you feel like you would be technologically savvy enough to deal with the situation that was going on. But hey, I guess some people, if they just don't understand what was going on and something catastrophic happened, they might be the kind of people that are just like, you know what, never mind, this is too much for me. Our next story is from He's Ancient, He's Ugly, Backwards Revenge. I know this is a revenge thread, but I didn't know where else to put it. Let's start with the fact that I'm terrible at taking care of myself. My partner knows this. I can go days without drinking water. My partner found the loophole to my hydration issue. They know that it's a pet peeve of mine to have half-empty bottles lying around, but I also feel wasteful dumping the rest of the liquids. So they learned that to make me drink more liquids, all they have to do is open a bottle and drink part of it and then leave it. As I go through cleaning the apartment, I don't want to be wasteful or see the bottle, so I drink it. Welcome to the... This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. 
Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Loophole of hydrating your useless girlfriend. See, I don't see this really necessarily as a revenge. I see this as like a wholesome, helpful thing. I don't really think there's a revenge to be had here. Honestly, I think it's kind of adorable and a very loving story about what their partner is doing to just help out. Usually, leaving half-empty bottles around would be one of the hugest frustrations, but it works so well in this situation. Our next story is from OpenWind5362. Want to steal my customers? I'll point them right to you. I'm a hairdresser that rents a booth in a salon, as do all the stylists that work there. The owner of the salon is one of my best friends, so after closing the salon that I operated for 20 years, I joined her team and I'm really happy. I have a wonderful clientele, with the exception of a few, which I'll get to in a bit, and get along great with my coworkers, except one, Kate. She has a grating personality, and for the most part, I can just let her comments roll off my back. She doesn't have a clientele, which leads to her having way too much free time, which she uses by pestering the rest of us while we're with our clients, and butting into conversations that should be private. Recently, I had two of my clients tell me that when they called for appointments, they were told that I didn't have time for them and that Kate would give them a discount if they came in with her instead, but they would have to come in on a day that I wasn't there so that my feelings wouldn't get hurt. Well, that was a load of cock because everyone in the salon knows that if I don't have an opening for someone when they call, they are to take down the name so I can call them personally to work them in. When I confronted Kate about those instances, she just shrugged and said that I was too sensitive. And besides, I was too busy, so she was really just helping me out. On to the petty revenge. I have a few customers that I've been trying to get rid of for years. You know the ones, they're never happy, always late, don't tip, and generally are a pain in the butt. I decided that if she wanted my customers so bad, I would feed her the ones that I wanted to get rid of anyway. So when they had trouble getting in with me, I would tell them that I was booked out for months, but they would be really happy with Kate. She told me yesterday that she didn't know why all my witchy customers were her problem now. My days are better. It's a bit easier for my customers to book with me, and she's always in a bad mood for having to deal with unhappy customers so much of her day. Plus, a couple of my other coworkers have started doing the same. 
I can only imagine this would be like the natural order of things if you're in this situation and you're actively trying to poach customers. Well, if you're trying to take customers from another person that's working at the same place, then yeah, you're going to have more than an easy time taking the ones that they never really wanted to keep anyways. And then the good ones, they're going to hold on to with their dear lives. I hope you should take it a step further and go and pat them on the back and be like, honestly, thank you for taking all of the difficult customers from me. I used to dread having to work with these people, but you handle them all for me now. Maybe that would start too much drama. I don't know. This next story is from Feng Shui Jose Monet. Man gets mad at me at the gym and calls me a witch. This man, I see him at the gym all the time. He's never bothered me until yesterday. I see him constantly stopping people and talking to them. So I'm in the sauna and it's a co-ed sauna. I'm in there with men and women all the time. Sometimes we don't talk and sometimes we have pleasant conversations. Yesterday was a different story. It was me and one other woman and the man who I see all the time. He's not just talking, but yell talking to the woman nonstop talking about his 450,000 house he just bought and going on and on and on about himself. The woman barely got in a word rather than, yes, mm mm-hmm. She left and I thought to myself, I'm so happy she's gone so he can be quiet. He turns to me and he says, so how you doing today? I say, I'm trying to relax right now. He says, oh, do you mean you want me to shut up? All I did was ask how you were doing. It seems like you just don't want to talk to me. I say nothing. He's huffing and puffing and before he walks out he goes, You witch. I say, you cannot cuss at me and make me feel uncomfortable in the sauna. I'm telling on you. He goes, I didn't cuss at you. I go to the front desk and tell them. They're apologetic. They have a lifeguard look for him and they can't find him. I tell them I have work soon and need to get ready. I shower and as I'm leaving, the lady at the front desk stops me to tell me that they can't find him. He hasn't left, and they think he's hiding somewhere in the pool room. Moral of the story, they called me this morning and told me he's banned for life. Now I'm on my way to the gym and going to the sauna. I just love that the three-year-old threat OP put on here was enough to make this guy all of a sudden go into like hiding like they were hiding from the cops inside this complex, this gym. OP's like, you can't cuss at me, I'm telling on you. And this guy that was bragging about his $450,000 house all of a sudden was like, oh crap, oh my god, I've gotta hide. Where do I hide in this gym? They might punish me. This next story is from Crankleaf. A kid's revenge on the bully went not quite as intended. A revenge story told by my best friend, he was bullied a lot as a kid. My friend was a boy scout, but of course there was a bully there as well, making his life miserable. When my friend was 9 or 10 years old, the Boy Scouts went on a weekend hike. They slept at a farm, all of them in the same room. The farm had a lot of apple trees, the fruit was ripe. The farmer told them to eat all the fruit they wanted, and so they did. Eating big amounts of apples has some strange effects. It's one of the few substances known to man that goes straight from the solid form to gas. When the evening came, the farting started. Regarding boys' humor, nothing beats a good fart, so they had a lot of fun. My friend was very tired and was the first one to fall asleep in his sleeping bag. He suddenly woke up and looked up in an area of the human body that never sees the light of the sun. The bully, of course, squatting over him and farting straight in the face. The other boys thought it was hilarious and were howling with laughter. For my friend, this was the last drop. After a while, he pretended to fall back asleep. When everyone was fast asleep, he stood up and went over to the bully. 
He had his naked butt hovering an inch or two over the bully's nose, and then he fired the big cannon. He told me that if it had been a farting competition, he would have secured the gold medal for sure. The effect was instant. The sounds from the bully were a mix of screams and puking noises. He panicked and got stuck in his sleeping bag and then someone turned on the lights. It turned out that the fart was not entirely in gas form as intended. The horrified face of the bully had got a lot of instant freckles and some in his mouth as well. He tried to bully my friend a few times after but just whispering freckles was an instant mute button. I don't really have much clarification to have on the story. This story was incredibly disgusting. I think it's going to take me a while to cool down on the association with this story specifically in freckles. So uh, thanks for that, Opie. All I know is that's how you get pink eye. Our next story is from Corvidius. Steal my identity? That'll cost you $800. A few years back, I had my identity stolen right in the middle of a mental health crisis. I was already stressed out and overwhelmed by life, and the identity theft just made everything worse. Suddenly random purchases like iPhones and laptops were showing up on my bills, purchases I'd never made. The identity thief opened credit cards with my identity, bank accounts, you name it. The authorities were of course no help. And I felt very alone in this twisted game of whack-a-mole, where every time I thought I'd fixed one problem, another popped up. I even had a rental car company come after me, as the thief had rented a car in my name and then stolen it. Of course, this was a blow to my credit as well, and resolving the whole thing was enormously stressful. Eventually, I had frozen my accounts, contested the charges, cancelled the credit cards, and followed all of the appropriate steps. All that was left to do was close the fraudulent bank account. When I went to do so, however, I was met with a snag. I explained the situation to the bank, which was not a bank I personally used, and requested that they close the account. They told me they couldn't just delete the account, however, as there was still money in it, approximately $800, which would need to be withdrawn. I explained that that technically wasn't my money, and they replied that the account could not be closed with the money remaining inside, an account that I opened, in which I, Corvidius, put my money. So, guess who's $800 richer? After all the identity thief took from me, it seemed like appropriate recompense, and only fair to take a little something back. I'm just wondering, like, after everything that the guy tried to steal from OP and all of the fraudulent things they tried to purchase, what are the chances that those $800 are from OP in some way or form? Like, I would just be assuming this was $800 that they somehow got out of whatever they took from OP regardless. Or, God forbid, it might be money that they stole from somebody else. Either way, I think considering everything, it was fair for Opie to get that money. Our next story is from How to Eat an Ice Cream. Steal for me? Lose your best personality. For context, I'm a 21-year-old gay male, and I recently quit my job. Now, I don't know if this is the right spot to post, but I think you guys will get a kick out of this. I have lung problems. I can't have too much movement, otherwise I'd start to have problems breathing. Well, three hours ago, I left my job for reasons. My boss was a selfish jerk that doesn't care for people. He hated me the most for taking too many days off, although I only had two in a span of three years. Yesterday was my last straw. I came back from being off for three days since I was spending time with my brother before he died. My boss called me, Ian, not my real name. Why were you out for three days? 
I explained that my brother died and wanted to spend three days with him. Not a good reason. Miss one more day, you are fired. I sigh. Then I quit. I don't want to take your BS anymore. You don't let me do my job. I'd rather quit than deal with you. Screw off, I'm out of here. I don't stand up to myself at all, but this is my first time meeting. I felt proud. I'm a tech person, so he lost a lot. Any employer that finds out that one of their employees lost a sibling and isn't okay with them taking three days off, just three days off, I don't think is an employer worth working for. I mean, your employer would have to be doing something insane, like you you would have to be inventing a technology to save the earth to justify treating your employee like that. Like, unless you're working towards something monumental for mankind, let the person take three days off to grieve. And our final story of the day is from Dean of GCC, how I got my landlord arrested for auto theft. I used to live in a rental townhome. The place was great. It was run by a big company, but they paid an on-site super to run the office, coordinate repairs, etc. When I moved in, it was this nice older retired couple. A few years later, they moved on and the company hired these two young dudes. They were jerks. Recent college grads who looked down on the blue-collar tenants, did loud parties all night, generally ignored the grounds, ignored maintenance requests, etc., but that's not how I got them arrested. In addition to renting the townhouse, you could rent a covered spot. If you did, they gave you a hang tag, and if you didn't have the hang tag, you'd get towed. I had the same car, same spot, and same tag the whole time I lived there. One day, I come out, and my car's gone. It was towed for no hang tag, but in the pictures the tow company took, it's clearly there. I paid to get it out and complained to the two idiots. They had to call to authorize a tow. The company couldn't just do it on their own. They gave me a half-hearted apology. About a week later, the same problem. Again, towed for no tag. Again, the tag's right there. This time I called the corporate office and complained. After that, it started happening nearly every day. When I talked to the supers about it, they'd just laugh. I knew they were doing it on purpose, so I did some research. The tow company gave me the names of the people who called it in, and it was mostly one guy but some the other. The tow company wasn't liable because the landlords had called them, so that was out. But I did some research and found out that in my state, calling for a tow when you know it's not a legal tow is Grand Theft Auto, just like if you broke into a car. I also found out you can record conversations in my state without telling the other person. So I went in to meet the two bros to talk about the situation. They told me on tape that the first two times were mistakes, but after that they did it on purpose and would keep doing so until I learned my lesson. They stated that they knew I was okay to park there, but they didn't care. I took that recording and the list of calls to a buddy who's an attorney and he helped me take it to the local police. The police were more than happy to have a couple felony charges dropped into their laps, so they filed charges and went to arrest them. Corporate fired them the same day, refunded all of my fees for getting my car out of hock, and gave me a rental discount for a few months. They both ended up eating the felony and got probation. Last I heard, they weren't able to find decent jobs because of the felonies, and also couldn't pay their student loans. Both ended up working construction, which they'd sneered at because that's all they had left. I mean, to be fair, considering everything they did here, and like how many successive charges of Grand Theft Auto they probably could have been held liable for, 
getting out on probation and still being able to flip themselves into a construction job, they should be thanking their lucky stars that they got away with it that hard. I mean, legitimately, these people probably should have been locked up. Not everybody had the resources to deal with this like OP did. Imagine if this happened to somebody that wasn't that well off. Trying to work around these towing fees. You might be able to find a lawyer that would be willing to do it pro bono because it seems pretty open and shut. But if you're struggling to make ends meet, do you have the time to dedicate to that? I mean, these people were just awful. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out the video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.